Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Hello, folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Williams, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show today. Welcome aboard, Marianne Castiglia. How are you doing, my friend? And welcome aboard all those that are coming in on Facebook Live, all those that are coming on Blog Talk Radio. This is Coffee Party Network, and we are going, Krista Cahill, how are you doing today? We are going to have a great show today. But before we get started, you notice the name of the show today is, it's, is it time, or it is time to cultivate and harvest the Trump voter. But before we get there, I want to talk about something that I don't think a lot of people are looking at right now, and it is very, very important right now. We have been concentrating on the Russia issue. We have been talking Russia, 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 and a lot of people seem to be implicated in what's going on with Russia. And I understand that. I understand the severity of what's going on. But I want to have everybody listening to this show with a warning. And and by the way, folks, hello, uh, Robert Buenaspina. Uh, I want to warn everybody who's watching this show about something that is very, very important. Uh, it is very important that you heed what I'm going to talk about here. And it has, Pam Fox, welcome aboard. And it has to do with what goes on behind the Russia issue. It is very important. Let me tell you something, folks. Trump is in trouble. Yes. He has a Russia problem. Rashad Washington, welcome aboard. Yes. All those are true. At the same time, we know one thing that is very important, and that is Republicans want to effect a change that will potentially last long enough to pay off their investors, investors in their campaigns. This is important because a lot of people aren't talking about this. Look, these guys know, Republicans know that they are on, that they are on thin ice. They know that they're likely to go down in 2018. They know all of that. Paul Ryan, all these guys know that. But they're all going to be paid off in the long run. But here is what I think is the issue. And this is where Russia comes in. Right now, with with Trump and Russia, remember, it is a political issue for Trump. For Trump, it's a political issue. It is likely not going to be a legal issue. It's probably going to be a legal issue for those people around him. Some of them may go to jail. Some of them may be embarrassed. All these things are possible. But Trump is probably likely safe, in my opinion. The only thing that brings Trump down is something that is political called the impeachment. And right now, Republicans are control in control of both the Senate and the House, which means 
the impeachment that is done by the House would have to be conducted by the by Republican led by Republicans, and the impeachment in the or, or rather the, the trial in the in the Senate, which is where you try the president to decide if you're going to kick him out or let him stay, occurs in the Senate. Why am I mentioning this? Because of the following. Trump doesn't want to be impeached, okay? He does not want to be impeached. And the Republican Congress, they don't want to talk about impeaching Trump until they get their will. And what is their will? Their will is the destruction of Obamacare. Their will is a huge tax cut. Their will is to get rid of that special tax, that the death, they like to call it the death tax. It's really the inheritance tax. In other words, you can't transfer all the wealth that you have to your kids who didn't work for it. Okay? So all they need from Trump is a right hand or whatever hand he uses to sign. So they are going to do whatever is necessary to keep Trump alive for these signatures. And that means Trump for sure does not get impeached in these next two years. The other thing is, well, suppose the the Democrats take over Congress and the Senate, both of them, or rather, most likely Congress, unlikely the Senate, but a possibility. The truth of the matter is there will not be the votes. There may be votes in, in Congress to impeach him in 2019, but there won't be votes in the Senate to, take, to kick him out of office, all right? So therefore, there's a good possibility. But the fact is, even if they kicked him out of office, uh, Pence will be in the wings to ensure that no law gets passed to repeal what occurred in 2018 and 2017. The laws passed in 2017 and 2018, which means the wealthy plutocrats have three years to transfer their wealth down the ballot tax-free. People, we have to see the big picture. These guys don't love Trump. In fact, they hate Trump. But Trump is the right hand or left hand, I don't know if he's a surdo or not, to get a bill passed. So they're going to protect him as best they can because for them, it's not about ethics. It's about money. It is about money, solely money. So those of us who are sitting back here wanting to get this guy in Russia and we are continuously spending our time on Russia, Russia is important, but we have to spend our time on other types of activism to stop these guys from doing what they're doing. We have to disrupt. We have to resist. We have to make these guys know that the pain will be dear in such a manner that they, when they put on the balance, do I do all 400 or rather all 238 of these guys are the possible 150 that could lose their jobs, won't get a job lobbying. So some of them really want that 200 and something thousand dollar job that they have there in Congress. Okay. So we have to get to enough of these guys so that they don't go with the plan. Again, it is imperative that you understand it. Russia, the president is safe from Russia almost completely. No matter what you hear on TV, 
the guy is going to be here till at least 2019. Let's, let's get that in the back of our head. Let's understand how the mechanics work. Okay, but anyhow, today's program is, well, so, so before, before I move on to that, I want to make sure that it's clear with people, and I also want to make sure what is clear is that folks do not believe that what we're doing here is somehow attempting to make Russia seem less than it is. Russia is not less than it is, but we have to look at it pragmatically. We also have to look at, at it analytically and what it means for middle-class America, working-class America, working America. Folks, please remember to share these videos. It is imperative that we get these types of words out because you notice you never heard that on TV. You never heard that on MSNBC, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC. They don't want to talk about that. And by the way, what I'm saying is not that, oh, I'm so damn smart. That's not the case at all. The case is they are smart. They know not to bring it up to the masses because the masses will then revolt. So they know what information they want you to know. They know what information they don't want you to know. So we need to make sure and share all this stuff and, on, and let folks understand what is going on here. That is the reason I don't get hyped up about Russia. If you notice, uh, most of the blogs that I've been writing about recently, I haven't even touched Russia. I mean, people are seeing Russia all over the place. Why do I need to get on the Russia bandwagon? I care too much about what's going on with middle class America, working class America, and all these folks. That's what I care about. And what I, the, the part that I care about Russia is how Russia potentially impacts that reality. So anyhow, what is our subject at hand today, my dear listeners, my dear folks, my dear everybody? It is time to cultivate, time to cultivate and harvest the Trump voter. Look, the, uh, and the, the subtitle is Progressives, Realize the Trump Voter is Ready. You know, when you have, there are certain fruits that we grew in Panama, right? There's one called Aki. It's a, it's a Panamanian fruit, Jamaican fruit, all the, you know, we put it in our foods. These fruits, you pick them when they're about to open. They open up. You don't get them open, or if you pick them or you, you try to eat them before they're open, it kills you. It poisons you. But once that fruit is open, it's like a blossom. It's a thing of beauty. The flavoring that you can give that fruit, it's a fruit, but it's something that we cook with fish and all that sort of stuff. But, but the flavoring that you can give that stuff is great. Tastes marvelous. Okay, hi, Martha Tanner. It tastes great. That's what I mean when I talk about the Trump voter being ready for harvest. They're still hard. Uh, a lot, a lot of the, the biggest thing in humanity, we don't like to accept that we may be wrong or otherwise. But all the, all the things are lining up right now that saying one thing. They are ready. Many are getting ready. And it is time for us to be ready for them. Not to say, how the hell could you guys have voted for Trump? Get over that. I mean, isn't it good enough that you were right? Do you have to go tell everybody, I am right. I am right. We, we told you so. 
you know, I mean, does that make you feel great? Actually, it doesn't make me feel, in the past, you know, I guess in my olden cocky days or whatever, that's the attitude that I may have taken. But now it's more about, let's get stuff done. Let's really get stuff done. And you don't get stuff done by really hitting somebody when they're down or anything like that. And as much as it can feel good, to many it can feel good, but we don't want to do it. But anyhow, the Trump voter is not yet abandoning Donald Trump in droves. It is decidedly a trickle, a trickle. What I notice is that many, when asked, say they do not follow the news. When Trump was wooing them, it was all things Trump. But now, now the few that get the real news are starting to see how their personal economies would be affected. How their personal economies would be affected. This is an opportunity for progressives to enter the sphere. Enter their sphere. Enter the sphere of the Trump voter. Meet the Trump voter. It is time. It is time. This is an opportunity for progressives to enter their sphere, gain some familiarity with them, get them to kind of like you, get them to kind of respect you. I can tell you it can be done because I do it all of the times. And start effecting change. Start showing the commonalities and all these particular issues. And you'd be surprised because they may not come out and say, oh, I see the light. They're not going to do that. And don't expect them to do that. But my God, when folks are sitting down or rather standing up by that voting machine, when nobody knows what they're doing, I can tell you what's going to get reflected is their personal economies. Yes, Bobby, trick them with the truth. I love that. Otherwise, folks, uh, remember Clinton. All the times were that times were under polling, but somehow when he went into the went into the polls, somehow women voted more for him than they said they would. But you know that 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 is a a different story. But what we're going to do now is what you know it's time for because it is that time. It's time for the weekly blog post. My pad was messing up, so let's hope my pad doesn't mess up this time. But it's sort of a short blog. Last week's blog, or rather KPFT Thursday's blog of the week, was 1,100 words long. I think this one is about 450 words long, so it's not too bad. Here it goes. The title of it, Trump voter, he played me for a fool, would now vote for Hillary without a doubt. That is a piece I saw uh, this morning on CNN. And I said, you know what? I was going to do my show solely on not being fooled by, not letting the, the Republican Congress get their will by us concentrating on Trump, I mean on Russia. Then I saw this and I said, this is a better story because this has more legs. This has a task for us. This is something we can go out there and do. Anyhow, this Trump voter may be the start of a trickle that will turn into and eventually a river. Now that cultural, racial, and hateful endorphin rush is over, reality is setting in for Trumpsters. They are now thinking about their personal economies, that which feeds them. Expect this reaction from several more 
going forward. Like I said, it starts as a a trickle. But like in the mountains, all these little trickles from from the trees and from rain goes down and the trickle goes down into little creeks and creeks go into little streams, stream turns in, turn into little rivers. The little rivers turn into big rivers. The big rivers turn into huge rivers, and that's how we get the Mississippi. This young man believed Trump fallacies during the campaign that were obviously discernible to anyone who was barely analytical, but Trump played on these people's racial animus, xenophobia, sexism, and many other aspects of their dark side, which overpowered the minimal analysis that should have made Trump unelectable. A friend of mine saw that little piece there that I placed in the title and said, are you calling the Trump voter stupid? The truth is, I am not calling the Trump voter stupid. I mean exactly what I said there. And that is understanding that Trump, uh, what Trump was saying was a fallacy anybody with a barely analytical mind, and a lot of us don't have an analytical mind. I'm an engineer by training. I like analysis. But there are artists. There are other people that that's not their domain. So I mean exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it didn't take, I didn't think it would take a whole lot of analysis, and many people didn't think it would take a whole lot of analysis to listen to this man. And by the way, every politician, you have to decide if you're going to believe them or not. I am saying the analysis on Trump says that he was lying for many of us. The analysis on Hillary Clinton said that she wasn't lying as much. Okay? So, uh, so th- th- that, is, that is what I'm talking about. It's not about calling somebody stupid. It is about saying, I think there was enough analysis there for them to not have voted for Trump, even all the things that he's saying. And what I'm also saying is what Trump used is the carnality of man, that negative part of our brain, that part of our brain that still lives. For those who are racist, he brought it out. For those who are sexist, he brought it out. For those who are xenophobic, he brought it out. He was able to bring these things out of people so that they were able to take what he was saying at face value and believe in it. And by the way, right now it happened to Trump voters. It could also happen to other voters that allow themselves to be conned using other avenues. The bait and switches always always work, and it can work on all sides. So let's remember that. Let's not get too uh, high-minded or too elitist on our own sake. Anyhow, continuing. It turns out that the Trump voter is upset that Trump wants to cut all programs he holds, clear programs he and his family depends on to live. If he had his vote back, he said he would vote for Hillary Clinton. One of the most difficult things for people to do is to come out and say they were wrong. It is human nature. So many will hang on to Trump until it is just impossible to tolerate the pain he's inflicting on them and their loved ones. I covered some of that in a piece that I wrote titled Progressives Blowing 2018 with Too Many Resources Relegated to Russia. That article I cross-blogged to the Daily Coast, and it created a ruckus. It created a lot of pros and cons, a lot of countering blogs and pro-blogs and all of that. But I think it is an important discussion that we have. Progressives should learn one thing. We are not 
like the folks who don't enjoy, entertain, and try to hear other opinions to see where we come out. We entertain other ideas. That's why anybody can call this show. And by the way, this show is a call-in show. And you can reach us at 646-929-2495. Again, that is 646-929-2495. But what I like to hear is I want to hear other people's point of view. I mean, a lot of times I think I'm absolutely right. And every now and then somebody calls in and say, hey, this is what I think. And I have to immediately change and say, oh, my God, you know, you're right. That is where we need to go. And that is what it means to be progressive. Somebody that can bring in a whole bunch of ideas and then either take the best of them, change where need, change needs. That's what it's all about. Continue it. The Trump voter in the CNN video is, and by the way, go read the blog of the week. When you go to, uh, it has the video from the CNN piece that you can analyze. I think the CNN uh, guy left out a few things and I cut it up a few ways as well. But I think he left out a few. Uh, these guys are generally a bit too superficial when they ask questions. I think there were many other questions that they needed to ask this young man, but they didn't, uh, especially because that was a county that voted only since, since its inception only for Democratic president. So it was an interesting turnaround. Anyhow, the Trump voter in the CNN piece is looking for a place to go. It is evident. He said he would now vote for, for Hillary. He's looking for a place to go. He feels played by Trump. Progressives trying to win have two choices. They can tell him how stupid he was for voting for Trump, or they can embrace him and turn him into, in the parlance of the Bible, a fisher of men. I choose the latter. I choose to say, for those Trump, those Trump voters that have turned, I choose to engage them and talk to them about engaging people who would rather engage with those people who voted for Trump as opposed to somebody like me or many other progressives. Because we can make the Trump, the turned Trump voter, a fisher of men if, or, uh, and women. You know, the Bible is sexist as well, you know. Uh, but anyhow, a fisher of men and women uh, if we play our cards right. Because they have the network to penetrate. And those are the things that take time. Those are the things we have to work on if we want to get our goals accomplished and not just sit back and say, I told you so, we're right. Right is not good enough. Being right is not near good enough. Continuing. There were three distinct types of Trump voters in the CNN piece. One that has given up on Trump. One hesitant to accept he was wrong. And one that is simply a cultist. Don't waste your time on the cultist. The cult, the person who loves Trump as a cult. The person who is simply, I mean, uh, Trump could cut his hands off and he would still love Trump. As Trump said, he has people, he could shoot and kill somebody in the middle of Times Square and they will still vote for him. He's right. Trump has voters just like that. That's a waste of your time. Those folks uh, really have a mental problem. And, you know, I am sorry. They have a mental problem uh, because they cannot somehow rationalize reality. That's a mental problem. Anyhow, 
there were three distinct types of uh, Trump voters, I repeat, one that has given up on Trump, one hesitant to accept he was wrong, and one that is a cultist. I think that will be the ratio we will be dealing with in 2018. I personally think it will be a third, a third, a third, because remember, all those switchover voters are the first ones that are, that are ready to say, ah, I made a mistake. Then there is always the middle ground voter that they can't accept the mistake, but, uh, you know, win me over, please, win me over. Give me, a, give me a lifeline. If we give them a lifeline, they'll be there. So let's give them a lifeline. That is all progressives need. If we meet folks where they are, build relationships, and working on respectfully educating people. And notice I said respectfully educating people, right? You don't want to hammer things into your head because there are things you can learn from these guys too, right? I mean, our narrative is these were just a whole bunch of racist folks, uh, cultural racists. And I even heard it on Abari mentioning that on TV today. And I wanted to go into CNN and say, come on, guys, wake up. Yes, uh, a, lot of, a lot of Trump voters are racist and a lot of people who Trump, in fact, a lot, probably a good majority of people who vote for Trump have racial issues xenophobic issues and all these issues that's probably right but it's not enough i mean because i always jump back to the issue that occurred during the obama campaign and that is when and i want to repeat it i think i mentioned it on on the last show that a a person in pennsylvania uh, one of the canvassers in pennsylvania went into town canvassing some uh somebody the woman asked her husband, husband, who are we voting for? And the husband sh- shot back, we are voting for the N-word, meaning they were voting for Obama. But he said it just like that. So here we had somebody that is decidedly racist, but things were to the point, And the subject was so made that he voted his economic interests instead of his racist values. That's all I'm looking for. I am not looking... I am not trying to change people in two years. It's not going to happen. It's fool's gold. And a lot, of, a lot of progressives, a lot of liberals think we need to make this change first and then we can forget that, folks. I am not looking for somebody to love me. I'm not looking, and you shouldn't be looking for somebody to love you that doesn't already, it's not already in your sphere. If new people come in, great. But pragmatically speaking, what we are looking for is a win. We lost in Montana. We lost in Kansas. I don't know what's going to happen in Georgia yet. We have work to do. I don't want half wins or new things. We have to win. We have to have a procedure to win. And a procedure to win means not doing things the same way that we've always done them, which is something that I think in a lot of ways we're doing. We have to build. We have to expand our base. And a lot of things that we're doing are anathema to expanding our base. Coming to the last paragraph now, or second to last paragraph. To some, let me repeat the last line. It is easy to see that 2018 could be a blowout election for progressives. To some, This may seem like wishful thinking. I do not see it that way at all. I think many times we want to treat human beings like something you can wind up and just have it perform as programmed. People's programming, for many, 
is volatile and requires priming, refreshing, updating, coaxing. I can name a whole lot of synonyms that mean we just need to talk to people. We just need to keep talking to people. That's why I want you to share this video as well. Keep talking to people. I don't mean to sound sterile at all. Look, I am an engineer by training and tend to view all issues mathematically and pragmatically. I kind of leave a lot of feelings out of it because, you know, that, that gets complicated. But one can see patterns in all our elections that are pretty darn static. If one looks at our election, not from a some kind of view, but if one looks at our elections, the, the, the methodology of people pretty static. We have to remember that. It is that our so-called analysts are biased in their assessment why things haven't changed much. You take a look at the Hillary Clinton analysts back before uh, two weeks before the election. We had uh, more than two weeks before the election. We had Michael Moore on the ground trying to get to Brooklyn to Hillary's headquarters, saying there is a problem in Michigan. You need to go to Michigan. You need to go to Minnesota. She won Minnesota, but barely. You need to go to Wisconsin. You need to go to these other places. You need to do these things. You have to talk to people. You have to let them know you're there. You're not taking them for granted. Because that is what Trump was doing. She ain't here. She's taking you for granted. So he can use She's taking you for granted. He can bring out your racial animus. He can bring, bring out your recessive racism, your recessive everything. Put it and package together and get just the right people that he needs to win. And that's what happened. And yes, he had a lot of help from Russia. The Russia help only works, only worked because of an anemic Hillary Clinton campaign. Okay? So yes, Russia helped elect Trump. All those Facebook messages, all those release uh, emails, all of that helped because Hillary would have won, I think, if Russia wasn't there. I honestly think Hillary would have won. But so what? She would have won with the same kind of similar margins, and we would have still had the cancer that is within the Democratic establishment, which is not engaging the entire base. We would have still had the problem. So this could be a blessing in disguise if we don't let the old timers come back in. I noticed Hillary Clinton gave a great speech at the university, uh, or, uh, Westland University uh, uh, yesterday, or whatever the university is that she graduated from. And it was a wonderful speech, and it attacked uh, Trump appropriately, and it gave all the kudos for people to resist and do all these things. That was great. But we don't need Hillary as a leader anymore. We don't need Barack Obama as a leader anymore. We need a bench. We need young people to come up. And what Obama did, the great thing I like about what Obama is doing is he's not trying to say, I want to go out there and be a senator now, and I want to go out, but I want to educate young people so that they can become leaders. Because those millennials that are coming up, those smart millennials and those smart Gen Xers, Gen Yers, they, we did them a disservice. I mean, I love Nancy Pelosi, but why is Nancy Pelosi still the speaker? We needed a new speaker, and Nancy could have provided 
a perfect, perfect working, uh, uh, advising position to that new speaker to teach them the ropes. We need, we didn't need, uh, I forgot the name of the whip and all these. We need new blood so that people can see we're not the status quo party for those who are Democrats. We need new people. We need folks that are going to be there to engage, enlighten, and also excite young folk. We don't have it. We have the same old people, right? And and this is nothing against Hillary. I love Hillary. I love Barack Obama. I love Nancy Pelosi. But they're old. I am too old to be saying getting into the political phrase. So my goal is to simply inform, be a part, help younger folks come up. In these groups that I'm participating in, indivisible, great young people out there, great young people. Those are the folks I want to see excel. But anyhow, we're going to be getting time for calls now, folks. The telephone number is, and as usual, I forget that I'm going to be coming to my first and regular caller, John, in a little bit. But uh, the telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Five. And let me see if I can get to my good friend. Uh, John, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am. How are you doing, Egberto? Good nice afternoon. Meet, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I disagree with you on the, 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 the Trump voter. I mean, yes, I mean, you, you put your ideas out there, and hopefully they're receptive to them, and hopefully, you know, they'll change. But, I mean, you know, the main strategy that worked with Obama and that's been a consistent uh, strategy that's worked, you know, through, through decades Mm -hmm. is that you turn out your base, you get people to turn out and, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's how you do this. And, you know, even though I've had kind of a falling out, I mean, I mean, I don't know Marcos, but I mean, I've had a falling out with, with daily Coe's, you know, as a personal choice because of his the way he's uh, talked about Bernie consistently, right. and so I mean I don't you know for for years and years you know for over over ten years uh, twelve years that was the first place I went to in the morning, and usually when I was off offline when I would go back online that's the first place I would go to. Now I rarely ever go there at all. Because he's because he's uh you know put down Bernie so much and so mm-hmm. you know and he he I do agree with him because that's his main strategy though is also turning out the base and right. so you know that's what we need to do the, that's the most important strategy and some of Bernie's strategists actually agree kind of what with what you're saying they they say just talk to random people and try to convince them. But I mean, just just I'm pure numbers. Can I can I interrupt a second, John? Sure. Um, and, and then keep your keep your thought because I, I think it, what you're saying is very important. What has based elections given us? And that's what I'm talking about. And when I talk about, I'm talking more about expanding the base than just base elections because I'm going to tell you something about our base. We have a very on the progressive side. We have a very very base. And in a lot of ways, you want to say the base, our base has gotten what it deserved. What I mean by that is that we have lost uh, elections we should not have lost because our base has not been there. 
and our base consistently isn't there. And what happens with our base is that we are counting a base we really ain't got. That's what I like to say. And, 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 and specifically, what I think Bernie is putting out there is right. Bernie is actually saying we have to talk to everybody. Don't assume you have a base because that assumption, right, is what led us to where we're at today. And even with Obama, Obama did great in turning out the base, but Obama exits the base as well. And I think Obama has more in common with what Bernie was doing because Obama did it all on his own. Remember, Obama didn't have the, the DNC's list and all of that. He, he might, he, he's the one who came out with uh, micro, uh, well, John Dean started it, but he perfected it micro-analyzing the voter on the people that would likely come to you based on their personal economies. And that's what he did. And, and, and he had a blowout election compared to Reagan or anybody else as far as the number of the total number of people that were voting. So I want us to not only, I understand the base concept and I understand Marcus and I am happy that Marcus hasn't stopped my narrative, which is this same narrative uh, on, on, on the board. If you notice that, Yes, I'm a contributing editor, and that, and that is allowed freely on the uh, site. So don't, don't leave the site. Keep on coming to the site and, and make your point, my brother. But continue, my friend. Well, I mean, I just, I just feel like uh, it's just a lot harder. I mean, we, the problem it with is. the base, obviously, has been in, in, they don't turn out for midterm elections. I mean, that's been the major problem. I mean, the two Obama elections were, were electoral blowouts. And, uh, you know, and the base did turn out for those elections. They didn't turn out in 2010. They didn't turn out in 2014. And, uh, you know, hopefully they will in 2018. It seems like that they're energized right now. Uh, right. I do disagree. I mean, we've had this kind of running argument about the, uh, you know, at first it was with Kansas. And now I guess it's with, with Montana also. I mean, I'm looking right. at it. From I think you're just looking at it from a you know we got to get a win, and yes, I'm, I'm looking at it I'm looking at it from you know these are these are deeply red areas seriously red right. areas. Let me let can, I need to cut you right there because this is very important because you brought that subject in. Given that you spoke about uh, about uh, Montana, here's the deal with Montana. We are we are looking at Montana and saying. Oh, we came closer. Absolutely true. But you just said another truth. It's a very red state. Unlikely for us to win it unless what? Unless we grow our base in Montana. There is no way we win Montana or come close to winning in Montana unless we grow our base. And that is what I want to do. I want to say Montana is winnable, but for it to be winnable, we have to change all those people that are economically progressive right? They are economic progressives. We have to be able to reach these economic progressives and say, hey, I'm not asking you to be a Democrat. I'm asking you to be a progressive voter that's voting in your interest. What I see too many, when we go for, when we just say base election, we only look at those, those issues. When we say prog- uh, 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 increase or base or reach other people, my goal is then to say, we are going to bring more people into the fold. First, we give folks the ability not to say, I agree with you on everything, but to say, I'm going to vote your interest. But continue, my friend. 
Well, I mean, I, I I disagree with you slightly because I mean, if you look at it, it progresses. I mean, yeah, Kansas was was uh, Thompson was endorsed by our revolution. Obviously, Quist is an our revolution candidate, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and they both, you know, seriously outperformed the expectations. Yes, and they did. you know, okay, and so like if you look at Ossoff, he's more of a traditional uh, center. Democrat and he's doing right, very right well. Yeah. And so I mean, so I mean, I'm 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 just saying, you know, you know, I'm a progressive. I know you're a progressive, and mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, let's not fool ourselves. The center of the party is still very strong, and in a in a place like Ossoff's race, you know, he, he obviously has the best chance of any of these. I mean, he was up in a poll uh, in, in Survey USA by six points, which is a very good. Sur- polling uh you know uh, company and also if you look at the elections the reason the reasons why uh Thompson and Quist were much closer than anybody expected isn't because people flipped it's because the base turned out in higher numbers in relation to special elections i mean you can't compare it to a regular election because there's always going to be lower numbers in mm-hmm. special elections but i mean in those special elections you know the the de- the democratic turnout was much higher and also it, it you know in the runoff in the jungle primary it also happened in georgia it i mean the the number of democrats that voted were extremely high and so i mean this kind of uh, uh, you know if you just look at the the numbers you know this kind of feeds into my to my argument. Now, I, I do agree that you have to put your ideas out there, and you do. And this is one good thing that Bernie is great at, and hopefully, you know, the Our Revolution candidates can can get this concept. Also, is that he really feels the empathy of the person. Like you saw the town halls in West Virginia, and uh, there was the town halls in, in Wisconsin. So he's very good at adapting. To you know, feeling people's pain and relating to them, Hillary Clinton wasn't necessarily very good at that, and so that was part of her weaknesses as a candidate. And you know, uh, w- one thing you know that I would have to say that that in August we were talking about this, and you kind of chided me for this, and I was saying that she needs to be on the stump more. She needs to stop going to all these, uh, you know dinners with all these rich donors and actually get out there and and you know talk to people more often i'm not saying she didn't do that but i mean mm-hmm. trump was on the stump more than hillary was there's just no doubt about it there's you just can't I mean, and, and so another thing is you know she he raised she raised 200 million dollars more and still lost the election so i yeah. mean so I, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, to a certain extent. I mean, you do have to talk to Trump voters. You have to put your ideas out there. But I mean, essentially, you know, the key to winning, I still feel, is is turning out your base. And I think in 2018, the you know, people will be energized. And I, I, I have a very good feeling about this election. I mean, you know, historically, people are very fickle. And that's why, you know, in the 21st century, the average flip flip districts is 25. If you look at uh, since 1938, it's 33 districts are the average uh, flip districts. And so, oh, you know, people people know want changes. 
John, John, repeat that number. What when when were were the averages thirty three per thirty three districts? Yeah, this is since nineteen since nineteen thirty eight in in a uh, election in midterm elections after uh, well it's just midterm elections period. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they the the average flipping of seats in the House is thirty three seats, and in the twenty first century it's twenty five seats. Right now the Democrats need twenty four seats to to flip the House. And so, I mean, just historically, Americans are very fickle. They always want, you know, they they want uh, they, they all have this feeling like the grass is greener on the other side. They want change. They they always want. I mean, to to, to me, I think this is kind of a bad thing because I mean, mm-hmm. they should be they should meet, uh, you know, stick to their values more. But I mean, if you're the if you're the party out of power, obviously it helps you. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, you know, it, like you were talking about before, I mean, I'm all for uh, what, what you talk about on a regular basis as far as advocacy and, and the invisible movement and all, all of the, the, the issues. And, and it's great to see all of that uh, coming into play, and we should continue that, and that, that's what's really going to move people to vote. Uh, and so also in Texas, you know, it's it's been – you know, with that Supreme Court ruling, which was a very good ruling, uh, right. you know, I'm 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 reading, you know, uh, articles that saying, you know, they're going to redraw these maps, and a lot of Republicans are really upset because they're they're concerned that they could lose as many as six districts here in Texas, yeah. and uh, is, you know, one of those districts. Right John? John, what is the ratio? How many Republicans and Democrats do we have right now in Texas? Oh, oh, I don't know that. I would, I would say it's, I would say it's two thirds to one third, just off the top of my head. But uh, oh, I, I, this that flip the uh, caucus. No, it's not going to flip the caucus. But I mean, it's you know, I mean, but I mean, you have the like the 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 sessions uh, seat, which is in the suburbs of Dallas, the Culberson seats, which you've you've done some good reporting on. Yeah. Uh, at, at meetings there, I mean, those are two seats that Hillary Clinton won. Uh, the 23rd district, uh, which is in San Antonio, and rose, goes up. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. one of the seats that they're going to. The, the courts are probably going to redraw to have more uh, Hispanics in that seat. And so, uh, also the 27th district near Corpus, they're going to redraw that. And so, those are probably going to be Democratic pickups. Uh, right. uh, so I mean, also Lloyd Doggett's uh, seat—they're going to redraw that. I mean, to to have more uh, Hispanics in that area, and so you know, I mean, it's, I mean, things are things are looking up. I mean, you know, I just uh, I just feel uh, that that things are, you know, it's it was disappointing. Don't get me wrong. After the Montana, you know, I stayed up late and followed all the numbers and everything. You know, it was you know, it it I was hurt, especially after the. Uh, you know, the guy assaulted somebody in the day after he wins the election. I mean, that's, that just, that's just so. Yeah, that wasn't I'm enough sorry? time. For, that wasn't enough yeah. time to really uh, get into the people's psyche because they're, they got a, an inordinate amount of calls with people wanting to change your votes, which means if you had that many people trying to change your votes, it is likely that uh, a lot of people otherwise would have. So, I mean, if it were same day voting, or rather, if most of the people were voting same day, it, like, it would have been closer, but I mean, uh, Steve Konaki did something and he tested 
uh, voters on the eastern side of Montana. And what he found out on the eastern side of Montana is it inch, the, 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 the ratio of uh, Trump voters to regular vote to uh, progressive voters didn't change at all. And he also showed that a few counties that Trump didn't win in Montana, he actually won. So, I mean, the, the Montana story is a, it's, it's not a straightforward story as far as in, the numbers are concerned. In Missoula, a lot of people that would have, that they thought they would have gotten votes from, they didn't. So, I mean, the story is not quite as, uh, again, it's a 6% win, right? But I always look at that 6% as dubious because when, it, when they look at it between Trump and Hillary, uh, that was a 21% spread, I believe, or somewhere around that, or somewhere around that. And they try to say, oh, but he made up a big chunk. Well, not really, because we had a third party in the, um, in the election. And, you know, Trump had 50, 56%. He had 50%. So eh, let's kind of, you know, the numbers, the, the great thing that, that Democrats were pushing on the Montana story, I, I Buying into it, I, I I more bought the Kansas story than the Montana story. I guess is what I should say. Um, now Asaf in Georgia, if Asaf does not win in Georgia, I am, it immediately tells me that 2018 is going to be a lot harder than Democrats want to believe, because Asaf, based on the demographics in Georgia, based on all these other issues. Based on 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 the on the budget that Trump's put out, based on the healthcare plan that he puts out, it should be, and I, I don't want to say an easy win, but it should be a good win for Asaf. So if Asaf doesn't do it in in um, in June, I say that we have a hell of a lot of work to do, John. Yeah, but I mean, you still have to remember that that you know Tom Price won that district just seven months ago by an twenty-three incumbent. points. An yeah, is an incumbent, but it was still by twenty-three points. Yes. You know, and so yes. I mean, I mean, I just feel good that you know Ossoff almost got to fifty. You know, almost didn't have to go into a runoff, right. and now this Survey USA, which is a very good polling firm, has him up by six, and even. Even Gravis, which is one of the most biased Republican polling firm, had Ossoff up by two points. And so uh, I when was that's, that? that's, it was a couple of weeks ago that the, the Gravis came out, and it was last, uh, last week, I think last Tuesday, or this Tuesday. Or maybe, I'm not absolutely sure, but I mean, they're recent. I mean, these are recent polls. And so okay. uh, well, those are the. That is Ossoff's, that, that district. Price's district is a is is a I, I would call it a bellwether district for 2018. Not so much Kansas, not so much Montana. So we can't feel too badly about the Montana loss or the Kansas loss. But as far as the Georgia, if, if we lose in Georgia, we have a lot of work to do. I think we have to be frank with ourselves because the stars have lined up in Georgia, and you know it, it, it's really lined up in Georgia, and we need to pull that out. You know if. If progressives are to say yes, we have a place that we, you know, that, that we have a good chance of really flipping a lot of these gerrymandered districts, you know, we have to do that. But anyhow, right, but uh, I mean, John, what a, go ahead. Well, I mean, the the thing about that the district though is that, that essentially this is the Hillary Clinton strategy. Though the, the Hillary Clinton strategy is to 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 pull off, you know, affluent people 
by saying, you know, Trump is a moral monster, and it essentially pretty much worked, even though Trump won the district by one and a half points. I mean, that's a lot of people to flip their votes. So they voted for Price, yet they voted for Hillary because they thought uh, Montana uh, Trump was a moral monster. So in that case, you know, the strategy worked. And so, I mean, this is another interesting situation. I mean, is is that strategy going to work again? And I think they're they're everything. Everybody's focusing. All these candidates are focusing more on issues than, than kind of the failed Hillary Clinton strategy. But I mean, in in certain cases, the Hillary Clinton strategy may work. You know, because I, I mean, people are turning around. And now that Trump is in office, it's not just you know. What all the craziness that was on the campaign trail? He's really hurting, you know, uh, working class and middle class people. And I think the health care bill and the tax codes and the way he's, you know, uh, all the regulations that he's cutting. I mean, that may not have as big of an impact, but I mean, it's mainly, it's mainly the, like I said, the health care and the tax situation. Yeah, right. and the other issues are are people they're not focused as much on them. But you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that are really you know obviously uh, it, you know into the environment, and you know he's been horrible on that. I mean, is he going to pull out of the Paris Agreement? I mean, you know, all these things. And I know you don't agree uh, that that Russia is going to have a negative impact on on Trump, but I mean, I think it is, and I mean, in it, you know, some, with with Kushner and what's went went down over the last couple of days, and especially with the news that came out yesterday, I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, this me is just one, let me just say one thing, my friend, and it goes as follows: I try to look through the eyes of those people who got this he was and they all knew all the stories about him okay so i mean that's why i don't you know i, I look think i want you to put hillary clinton in, in in uh in trump's place right now both democrats and republicans would, would have been asking for her head they're not with trump i mean we have maxine waters and a few others that are really irate and going crazy about not going crazy but doing the right thing about this is serious but you think about the average Democrat out there. You don't see the Democrats parading on TV. You don't see the Democrats doing all these, uh, these types of press conferences that you normally see Republicans doing when Democrats are backs against the wall like, uh, like Trump is. We don't see that kind of a behavior. We don't have the, we don't have the killer instinct, and it, you know we pay for it. But anyhow, we're coming close to the end of the show, uh, John, so... Why don't you give me a, a minute or so of a of a of a good closer? All right. Uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, just you know, I, I just hope that uh, that people really you know don't don't focus on on the the Montana loss so much. Just you know, Ossoff is coming up, and that should be a, a big victory. And uh, you know, I, I just think that it's 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 been a good. Uh, time period uh, for Democrats. I mean, I hate to see, you know, Trump is just so, so awful, you know, uh, that we, we've got to somehow get him out. <laughs> and I know you're right. gonna, that, that Pence is, is really almost as bad, 
but he's not as crazy, he's not as corrupt, and we can fight Pence, you know, tooth and nail on his theocracy and his, you know, he he has a lot of the same economic issues. And I also, you know, if Trump is dirty and Jared is dirty, and I have a feeling you've said you think they are, I have a gut feeling, and this is Jared's talk is, uh, you know, this talk about Jared is also if they're dirty, I think we should talk about what Oberman said. We should have a new election. If they actually had Russian interference and they were colluding with Russia, this election is tainted. And Keith Oberman said it, and I think all the Bernie uh, backers should start getting on this. If Trump is dirty, that election should be void. In 2004 in the Ukraine, they voided an election. In last year in Austria, they voided an election because of irregularities. And I just think it, this is something that should be put out in the public domain, that we should no, have a I new election. John, I don't know the, the constitutionally can we yeah, I think we can. It's happened in other countries. How can how can an election be valid when you have uh, the president elect colluding with a foreign power? How can that be a valid I know, election? I, I know that, but I, I just I am just wondering. This is my own ignorance. Whether there's some clause in the constitution that somehow will give us the opportunity to do something like that. But we we got to go right here, my friend. Look, I appreciate your. Uh, your commentary. I think uh, our audience appreciates your commentary. Um, but look, look folks, um, we have to get busy. I want to reiterate something that I said at the beginning of the program for those who that who weren't here. Remember that the Russia issue is very important. Uh, the, the Russia corruption is very important, but we have to keep our eyes on the ball and remember that what uh, there's a lot that I'm concerned about, and I think we all should be concerned about. Remember that it is likely Many things will occur in Congress, whether we like it or not, and that uh, while many of us want Trump to be impeached in the next few months or few, uh, next year, it, it won't happen because the Republican Congress needs his signature on these draconian bills, and they won't mind holding on to him because as long as they get that tax cut, as long as they get the repeal of the, of the, uh, of the in inheritance tax, doesn't matter if Democrats are going to take over in the next few years, because a lot of those people who want that inheritance tax just to pass them, pass their wealth down, their billions down, that would have occurred before the Democrats get a chance to come in and change things. Now, I believe in, I believe that a lot of these things could be made retroactive, but I don't know if that's constitutional or not. So we have to be smart. Yes, let's keep our, our eye on Russia. Let's let people know what's going on with Russia. But most importantly, let's keep the pressure on every single one of our Congress people. We need to call them continuously every day. If you need some help, visit IndivisibleGuide.com. Visit IndivisibleGuide.com. They have a document that teaches you how to address your congressperson, and we need to make sure and do that over and over again right up till the election 2018. And for 2018, you know what you've got to do. You've got to in, in, entice, encourage people to go vote. And I don't care whether that person is a Trump voter or that person is a progressive voter or that person is a Republican voter. You have to try to get into their sphere and let them know Vote your interest, and your interest right now is a progressive interest to ensure that your personal economy moves forward. Otherwise, 
we are doomed. You're doomed. We're doomed not only as a people, but as a country. We revert servitude. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right on the Coffee Party Network. Thank you so kindly for having listened this hour or however long you've listened. Bye-bye.